I'm Anthony. And I'm Jason. And you're in Queer and Present Danger. Hey, Jason, how's it going? It's good. I am kind of going crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My life never seems to slow down, Um, but... Uh, my life is, is crazy at the moment um, for good reasons, because yes. I'm again married. What's up? Um, but the downsides of that is just all the prep. My apartment is looks like it's been an explosion of every Pinterest page you've ever seen. That, so. That's awesome. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, how are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say busy, but then I was like, you know what? You just played Magic the Gathering Puzzle Quest all day. So I don't think you can say that you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of, I am in love with it. They just released Shadows over Innistrad, which is like this expansion on the app. So it's a it's a phone game. Um, it's basically like you match jewels um, to get mana and then fight uh, other planeswalkers. And it's great. Um, and they just released Shadows over Innistrad, which uh, much like the na- its namesake Shadows over Innsmouth is all about horror-y type stuff. So there's vampires and werewolves and um, Cthulhu mythology stuff in it. And it's great. I love it. Um, so, yeah. so is... So it's 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 a puzzle game that's also with magic. So, so yes. does it have any of the, of the old or the classic magic mechanics of like, you know, you're you're, you're dueling someone and you're yes. like tapping cards and you're okay, cool. Okay, yeah. So you don't tap things in this, um, and the way you get mana is by making matches. But and oh, there's okay. and you have a limited number of types of creatures that you can have out at one time, but um, mm. but it's basically it's. It's. I want to say it's basically the same. When I first downloaded it, I was like, this is so different from the game. I don't even understand. And I'm like, it's Yeah, because they, they, exactly they also the have, same. like, a, a Magic the Gathering, like, I, like, you know, smartphone, whatever mm, game. Nice. Um, which I played for a while, and that, and that was actually really fun. Yeah. Um, it just eats up your battery like crazy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, cool. I've actually been playing a, a, a game on my phone a lot too recently. What's that? Um, it's a new. I think it's a new game that came out within the past um, month or so. I've been. It's been out um, in the in, in like in Japan for a while. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's the latest Final Fantasy game. It's called Mobius Final Fantasy. Oh my! Um, I'm not really sure why it's called Mobius because none, <laughs> no one's called Mobius. The place where they are is not called Mobius either. Are there and any the half Mobius. human, half dre- half vampires? No, and I, I I was like maybe the world was like a Mobius strip, but no, that's not 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 either. <laughs> so I don't really know why it's called that. But Final Fantasy is like kind of legendary for having weird names for things. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, um, it sounds kind of similar to to uh, Magic: The Gathering Puzzle Quest, actually, because you know the the way that the game works is that you know like um, you you have these like you you have a character and you have all these cards that have like these various abilities and um they cost you know the like mana or orbs um mm-hmm. and, and you have to like match all the orbs together so it, it, it kind of sounds like it's coming from the same place yeah um but the thing that i love about the game um aside from the fact that it has like, great graphics and it's like a lot of fun mm-hmm. um is the fact that the character design is like super gay slutty um <laughs> all, for, for whatever reason I, it's completely like it's like not told to you but like the main your main character who is like um 
uh, unlike a lot of other kind of games, like you, you don't get to customize your character really very much at all in terms of how they look. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like you know, it's it's the you know standard white dude um, who is you know skinny muscly as like all Final Fantasy characters are. Of course. Um, and for whatever reason, he has this like elaborate like tramp stamp like back tattoo um, <laughs> that's like very you know it's like and and you always see it because oh. all of the initial. Um, all of like the, the base you know costumes have to have like a fully blank back, you know. So it's like of course he's wearing like a halter top yes. for like the majority of like the first chapter, which I'm like fine with. Um, <laughs> but, like all the subsequent like all the subsequent like costumes that you get later, um, at least in the ranger and the warrior jobs, like all basically look like if um, like if the video game. Uh, if, if 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 video game uh, you know character designers were designing for women, but actually but but they were they were just like for men. So like there are all of all of the you know like the, the the tired tropes within video game design where it's like like the chest windows or the stomach yeah. windows or like the bare but you know like the really high like um like I don't know like high shorts boots. or whatever yeah oh uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all of that is going on with the dude and that's it's kind hilarious. of amazing and I love it I love it. You should totally just download it for the gratuitous skin. And what's even <laughs> funnier is that so like in this world, like like there are all these like you know like people who wake up and they're like fighting some kind of, like some evil something mm-hmm. you know nondescript evil that you know that's that's bad. And um, the rationale for like you choosing your names that like nobody remembers their name and everybody's just it's just called blanks. Um, and so there are all these like nubile muscly they all kind of look like generic <laughs> white dudes that all all wearing halter tops and they're all just like running around fighting together and sweating together and it just like <laughs> looks a lot like a porno it just it just it just looks like a bellamy video mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's hilarious i approve of all that so totally. it, was, it just felt like you know a great um kind of repost um to all of the um all the weird sexist uh, female costumes that we've been getting. Yes. Um, so hashtag feminist frequency. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, that reminds me of in the looking in looking where they had um, those two characters who started dating and then made like a, a app game. And that was a plot point in, or that was a, a part of the movie that just came out to get those two characters together again was they had to resolve Aww. that what they were going to do with the, the measly checks that came from that from that app. Um, oh yeah, I've yeah. been to watch the movie. I haven't watched it yet. Oh my gosh, you need to watch it. It's so good. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. It's like yes, it is the ending that that we were waiting for. We were watching. Yes, exactly. Yes, I I okay. really enjoyed the first season, and then the second season, I was like, what I happened? Um, and I actually really like. I actually really like the second season. I thought it. Yeah, I. I liked it for a lot of different reasons. One, um, just I, w- I just appreciated that there were more different kinds of bodies, like old bodies and mm. big oh, bodies, yeah. you know. Um, and I thought, like, uh, I can't remember the name of the character, but the artist guy just like, became, like, less insufferable. Yeah, like, Augustine. Oh, okay. Yes, no. And Augustine, like, you're not a total dick. Every, all, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, first season, Augustine's storyline was just like, why are we doing this to ourselves? But everything else I was on board with. And then second season, yeah, exactly. Augustine was, like, the highlight of the season. And everything that um, Jonathan Groff's character was doing and even the stuff with Richie, I was like, what is... Uh, 
I can't yeah, I deal I've with it. I've always been Team Richie, too. <laughs> I don't know what happens with the movie, but I was always been Team Richie. Well, I guess you'll have to watch it and find out. I'll have to watch it. Okay, okay. Um, speaking of things that we have to wait uh, for to find out about, uh, Pokemon has been off of the hook, the chain, the everything. It's just oh been off. Yeah, off. this is the first time that I've actually been, like, going to Pokemon websites and, like, <laughs> look, watching Pokemon, like, Hype promotional videos, videos. Fir- yeah yeah this is like legit the first time i've ever done this, this is like uh, today for me today i went to pokemon's youtube channel and i just hit play on their playlist of like hype videos it was great i love it i well, love what's the annoying now is that now mm-hmm. now that you now youtube is like put putting like like in, in my like you know recommended to watch videos it's all filled with like random like speculative like YouTube, you know, videos of people like of, of Pokemon fans that are like just totally, it's like speculating wildly. Jason, and, but, like, I fell into the, that hole so hard. Oh, it's so <laughs> annoying because you like, just have to find a good all one. All these Pokemon that have been leaked, I'm like, that's not a leak. That's just you, just like making up shit. I'm like, well, okay, I'm annoyed. But that's the other thing, right? So there have been these leaks, right? So uh, when Sun and Moon got announced, right, there was this huge leak about, like, here's all the Pokemon. And there were all these markers that people pointed to for, like, this isn't fake because fans want this really badly. And it's stupid. It's a stupid thing that fans want. Um, And that's how you can tell it's fake. Um, And then uh, that was proven to be fake when they started releasing Pokemon. Um, And then there there were these Chinese leaks that everyone was like, is it fake? I don't know. And everyone's been like, they look pretty fake. And then um, <laughs> they released the trial captains. Like they showed the trial captains earlier this month or late last month. And um, and one of the trial captains was in a picture that was part of the Chinese league. So everyone's like, oh, snap. That means this is true. What? Um, yeah. And... Then recently there was another – there was a leak this weekend that um, seemed really plausible to me. Um, and – oh, in, in between there was this leak that touched – it was like – again, it was like, here's all the Pokemon from this generation. And it touched on a lot of the Pokemon that were in that initial uh, – fan leak and i was well on board with so many of the ideas behind it and then i realized like part as i was like geeking out about all of it days into my geeking out like oh wait a second these are the pokemon they leaked before too um yeah so tears um but according to this leak like it has some of the same ideas that that leak had and um it seems like it's going to be a lot cooler if that's that's the case but what's interesting about this leak the leak that just happened this weekend is that um it contradicts the um pardon me it contradicts the uh chinese leak um in so much as uh what they say about arcanine um they say two different things about him so it will it will be interesting to see lowland arcanine well someone said there was and the other person said there wasn't so i guess we'll find out okay okay (laughs) Um, if there is, the rumor is that it's water type. So there you go. Oh, I would. I mean, like, I am all about that. You know, ice fairy nine tails. Like, that's, oh like, my the first gosh, thing that I want. <laughs> so true. When they released uh, nine tails and sand slash, I was like, done. My ice team is done. I'm I'm perfect. Yeah. I also I'm... felt like that, like like that ice fairy nine tails was like specifically like, okay, fuck you, Gyarados. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yes. Um, that's awesome. Um, I feel like Gyarados' mega evolution was a fuck you, Gyarados. <laughs> They're just like, oh, yeah? 
it's not good <laughs> or at least i don't know how to use it like it's yeah it's like it just, it just we'll take this like sweeper bloated. and turn it into a tank with a lot of weaknesses what yeah it doesn't make yeah, any, it sense. Doesn't make any sense um anyway what does make sense but is also um giving us reality that also that's contradicting all the fan theories that i've watched on youtube is steven universe um have you watched the I'm latest episodes <gasps> i am so behind i am so behind although okay. the, the the last thing that i that I, I i haven't watched it but i've been following some news about it um and evidently i uh the, there was a story i was reading about how one of the one of the steven universe, universe artists was getting like harassed by you know the steven this universe, steven fans all the time um yeah, it's like really obnoxious. And like Stephen fans, like we're mm-hmm. supposed to be like cool and like mm-hmm. like evolved and like mm-hmm. you know social justicey and like all nice mm-hmm. and progressive and liberal. And you're like harassing this artist because they drew some fan art of like Peridot and um, uh, and Lapis. yeah, exactly. Like, get over it. Who are roommates? Like they are yeah, the coded lesbian couple already. Yeah, and also it's just like I like I was reading about how everyone was like, "Oh, you're queer baiting." I'm like legit what? like this entire show is oh. all about queer people but there's like, so many people on the internet who who don't see the queerness like what yeah well okay i uh now that's I, mean, I, I like there, there are totally i i read like actually a really great you know like criticism of the show and mm-hmm. about like blackness and mm-hmm. all that's you know and, and like the gendering of black characters on the show and like that's like totally valid but um i don't think you can I don't think you can like talk about how the show is like not queer. Well, when, no, like, it, th- yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's people talking about it not being queer. I was, I was wa- watching some fan videos on uh, YouTube and they were talking about fusion and stuff and how it was like a relationship and completely not like, it seemed to me like pointedly avoiding since, since fusion is so, so queer in its expression. Um, it seemed pointed to me that they were not talking about it in that way um and we're just talking about it as like a thing that friends do together and i was like what <laughs> but then uh, i mean the other thing you have to realize like and 100 percent of of i'm sure all this like tormenting of people online is coming from the 13 year olds that love steven universe because there is no human on this planet who does not love steven universe um and when you are a 13-year-old, you are a terrible person. And <laughs> it's true. They're just doing that about the thing that they love. So uh, it's not surprising to me that there are terrible people who love the thing that every person loves. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, it is terrible when people do that. And there was that one artist who was, like, drawing Rose Quartz thin. And then she got completely, like, she had to do the same thing. She had to, like, leave social media um, and that sort of thing. Ugh. Uh, yeah, exactly. This is why we can't have nice things, people. This mm-hmm. is why. Yes. Thank goodness that Rebecca Sugar has some sort of titanium suit around her, preventing her from being discouraged like the Stephen yeah. Moffats of the world. I also feel like I, 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 this is probably very easy, easy, easily look upable on Google, but I feel like <laughs> Rebecca Sugar is too good of a name for that to be her birth name. I'm like, that's not like that's almost a drag name, you know? Like, <laughs> that's a very good point. Now I'm googling it's perfect, it. Perfect, and I love it. But I'm like, well, I do that. Do you want to talk about something? Anything? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, so what I want to talk about um, this week? Uh, well, two things. 
Um, I, I saw, I've seen two movies in the past uh, few weeks. Um, one of them I loved, one of them I hated. Um, <laughs> the two movies were Suicide Squad and Star Trek Beyond. Um, so, uh, yeah, Suicide Squad. I won't go into, I won't, I won't rehash what's already been said about it. Um, it has like a pretty terrible um, critical response, something like 30%. Rotten Tomatoes uh, fresh rating, um, which you know, granted, is can be taken with a grain of salt because there are a lot of great movies that have not been well, you know, well received by critics and are great movies. Um, this is not, at least to me, this was not one of them. Um, there were so many, there were a lot of problems with it. Mm-hmm. Um, at least Imho, um, but I I went into it with like you know, like totally with open eyes i i was really hoping that you know even though this was in kind of the dc cinematic universe mm-hmm. uh, that i have a lot of misgivings with um it felt i thought that at least like like because um i thought that dc was like putting a lot of faith in david ayers uh, it would kind of be mm-hmm. it, would, it, would, it would have been able to like escape the you know Zack snyder aesthetic which i just can't stand and i mean um, we, we said the Zack snyder aesthetic right and i think that a lot of what people have talked about is how it's not just the Zack snyder aesthetic it's the like studio system aesthetic yeah sure and and it's weird because like um evidently uh what i've read about the original cut of the movie what w- was was much darker and probably actually more in line with the Zack snyder universe in terms of like fucked up shit going down mm-hmm. um and evidently, the uh, the studios like course corrected and were like, "Oh my god, it's too dark. It's too mm-hmm. you know misogynistic. It's too crazy. So mm-hmm. we have to like change everything." And like, I don't I don't know what ha- I, don't, I don't I'm not sure quite about how, what I feel because on one hand I'm like good because you know like, mm-hmm. like you know, you, yeah you, you you saw that you know people like what was wrong with Batman versus Superman exactly and tried to correct it but mm-hmm. it, evidently you just learned all the wrong lessons well um, and that, so what I heard was that they had one trailer that was really good um, and I heard this on mm-hmm. Pop Rocket so you can hear Guy Branham say it um, and uh, they had two versions of the film and they showed it to two different audiences and both of them bombed and so they had they had the company that did the one good trailer come in and edit the two versions of the movie together. Um, mm-hmm. And so as a result, it is a Frankenstein mess. Yeah, it is a complete Frankenstein mess. mess. Like it, the, the, there is no plot in the movie. It's, it's like a series <laughs> of events that happen in, in, in kind of sequential order. It's like the, it's, none of it really. it's like, Oh, okay. And it, like, 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 like the, the logic of the film, I mean, like, like mm-hmm. say what you will about Marvel movies, yes, they are all kind of formulaic, and you know all the villains are pretty much interchangeable and boring. Mm-hmm. But at, at the very least, like they make sense. Like there, there is some kind mm-hmm. of interior logic to how the plot works, and like, and I, and at the very least, if if you know you're going to go see a Marvel Marvel film, you got you're at least going to get a really strong sense of character. You mm-hmm. know, like like they're like. The, the, I think that it feels like they invest in a lot in making sure in each film that um, the characters all get a moment to shine, and not only mm-hmm. a moment to shine, but they get they get a moment, a moment to kind of like, to kind of exude what is iconic about that character. You know, Captain mm-hmm. America is always going to get an opportunity to you know make the hard choice and be valiant, and you know, Black Widow is always going to be able to be a double agent you mm-hmm. know black panther is always going to you know like, like everyone is going to get to yeah. be them 
And what and, I yeah, what I heard uh, about that was that when when superhero movies started out, when 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 this rise was when these movies were on the rise, Marvel went and invested in the characters, and so now we have this these cast of good characters with good character stories that we can tell decent stories about, and you can put on as many portals to Chitari space as you want. Um, to make your studio execs happy and spend lots of money on special effects. But because we had the movies that came before where no one was paid very much, and so no one was looking over anyone's shoulder, and, let, and people were allowed to take risks and, and you know develop characters, um, that serves as the basis, and that, that keeps things good. Like you said, we all know what the story arc is going to be for Captain America. And... Yeah. Um, and so that's a formula, and people can – once you have a formula that's proven to work, uh, you can get anyone to buy onto that. Yeah, and, and that's the thing because, like, there were a shit ton of cameos in Suicide Squad. Like, Batman shows up. Flash shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Joker is almost a cameo. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and, and – but, like, what doesn't – and so – but, like, the problem with that is that, like – with with the, the DC universe is that because like we don't know who the Flash is or we at least we don't know who this Flash is right like, it there's like, like I mean like the nerd you know the nerd the nerd in you is like yay the Flash but then also it's just like you don't have any emotional investment in like right. oh Barry Allen and you know Boomerang Captain Boomerang that that happened that was kind of interesting um, <laughs> yeah and uh, but I, I, so like yes. All of this has already been said. I don't need to say it again. Um, the things that I loved um, were uh, I actually thought that Margot Robbie has done a really great job. I was mm-hmm. hor- horrified at the amount of gratuitous like ass gazing that the camera does. Um, and I'm it, sure. And, yeah. And, 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 it, and it's I mean, it sucks because I mean, yes, she's she's a beautiful woman. And, you know, a lot of her ascent in uh, in Hollywood is leveraged on her beauty. But she actually, actually, like, did a kick-ass job with Harley Harley Quinn, and it, it was just a shame that she was given mm-hmm. so little um, to do with with that character, especially because, um, I mean, like Harley, I mean, I don't know, like I I, I came out of that feeling like um, Harley's characterization was really simplistic, mm. um, and it, you know, it took a really uh, kind of like I don't I mean, nuance is, is is a hard kind of a you know. Is maybe too too high of a of a compliment for <laughs> you know uh, the the character's origins because you know it right. wasn't Batman Adventures you know the right. animated cartoon show for it was a kids show but even so like that like you know mm-hmm. her, e- even on a kids show I mean even Batman Adventures like the animated series had a much more adult and interesting and yes. complex yes. characterization of Harley <laughs> than this movie did. Well, because, and had like, a more know, interesting characterization of Batman. Yeah, that I mean absolutely. Um and and the thing like like, like the thing that I love about Harley is is like like is the fact that, you know, like yes, she has this codependent, you know, deeply toxic relationship with the Joker that's abusive and like terrible things happen between her and Joker and 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 he drives her mad, um, which we don't really get to see. We just get to see him abuse her, which is like not that great. But yeah. like, what we don't get to see is that like is, is her realization, um, like, mm-hmm. like, 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 part of the thing that's interesting about about Joker and Harley's relationship in the in in the in the original 
cartoon show and in the comics is that the relationship is so one-sided you know like right joker really doesn't give a shit about her and right it's very clear to everyone that she's just a plaything, right um and that and that when harley like re like begins to realize that and, and takes control of her own life <clears throat> and then like at, you know very you know you know very kind of like publicly takes a, a stand and 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 and, and you know I think I think there's some comic panel where she like slugs the Joker like that, and then you know she she leaves the Joker and and joins up with Poison Ivy and Catwoman mm-hmm. and does the whole Gotham City Sirens thing, and you know is by and like and it's, it's this whole story of kind of like female empowerment and like yes. you know, moving out of an abusive relationship like that is awesome and that's and and, and, and she that's can, the whole she point of Harley Quinn while yeah but yeah. it's also like like she, she can do all of that. Also, while being you know cheesecakey and like yes. you know goofball and like crazy, you know, and like mm-hmm. she could be all of those things. Yeah. And what was when, and what I was hoping for was that you know the film seems to start in in a lot of ways. It kind of like, like you know uh, it's not necessarily at least the trailers didn't seem like it was there. There were going to be origin stories like you know Harley Quinn is already Harley and she's already been separated from the Joker. Right. And you know de- you know all these characters are kind of like. Are already you know them. Yeah. So I was hoping that we would see a, a Harley Quinn that was already kind of realized. Right. Um, but what we got was just like the high school love couple. Right. That was just codependent and boring, which was yeah. like sad. No. <laughs> yeah. That is that bad. Being, so a, yeah. a few other things that I just wanted to kind of like before you jump in. Um, Viola Davis was amazing. Amanda Waller. She like she was like the the entire reason I was watching the film again. Yes. She doesn't get a lot to do, of um, and I get that she needs to be worse than the bad guys mm-hmm. so that we feel invested in the bad guys. But I don't, didn't really buy a lot of why she was there. Um, <laughs> and yeah, a few things that that really irked me. Um, there was a character uh, that was like part of the team. His name was Slipknot. Um, mm-hmm. He was going to be a red shirt from the get-go. Everybody kind of knew it. But what was kind of weird for me was that, like, in the comic books, he's, like, a white dude. But, like, in the um, in the movie, I'm not really sure. But, like, he seems to be coded as, like, Native American because he wears his hair in a very kind of, like, in these yeah. twin braids. And, um, like, he's the first one to be killed and just, like, you know... Like his head gets blown off by you know mm-hmm. Rick Flag spoilers, um, and it, and it's just like so, it's just it, it's it just feels like kind of weird and right. I mean he was a, like, like you said he was a he was a red shirt and they were like okay how do we fill this quota we'll make the red shirt. Yeah, and it was weird that like you know um, the, the the whole point of his like, he didn't even get like an introduction. It was just like oh they, they, they pulled him <laughs> in at the last minute. Uh, and be like, oh, by the way, this is Slipknot. He can climb things, and boom, there goes his head. And it's like, <laughs> that's hilarious. Like, like, yeah, they should have at least like you know given him some character beats at the beginning, so we like felt like, oh, we're like, invested we in him, happen. yeah. And like, you know, we're invested in him, and this like this is the squad, and it's going to be like you know like. But then yeah. they just like killed him. Well, from we the get go, was... the squad was huge, right? Like, this is yeah, traditionally a six person squad that sometimes gets cut down to three people at a time, yeah. right? And and they were doing everyone. They were doing Rick Flag in addition yeah. to Amanda Waller. Too when much. Yeah. mostly these days you just have Amanda. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, 
and, and, and then my, my final thing was that like I I really didn't understand why Enchantress was there. And usually like you will like mm-hmm. I am like I am Team Witch. Like I I was like charmed. Mm-hmm. I even watched like you know. Uh, that stupid CW witch show, which I don't even remember the name any- anymore. Um, <laughs> the Coven, I think. I don't remember. But it was like, like I anything witchy, I am there. I am totally on board. But like, it didn't make sense for the big bad to be a supernatural character when like no, pretty much no, no one, one has on supernatural team powers. Yeah, has supernatural powers other than El Diablo, right? Um, who didn't even want to use his powers to begin with. So, mm-hmm. like, and 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 part of like what. What makes super what Suicide Squad interesting is that, like they're a Black Ops team, so like go mm-hmm. send them on a Black Ops mission. Not like <laughs> like, like the mission that, that that they got sent on was smash like, things. Yeah, well, I mean, the, like was was the traditional bad guy of a normal superhero movie. You oh, know? it's it's the thing that's super public where right. you have the beam that's going to the air with all the trash, you know, the ring of trash. Yeah, and it's like like that like. That this is this that's is the not hero's the story. You're not telling the villain's story. To deal with, they're, yeah, they're supposed to do what superheroes can't do. They're supposed to go into these like really murky, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, uh, waters and make the hard decisions. Right. That you know, Superman can't you know, right. Waffle over. Right. But yeah, exactly. so that that was Suicide Squad. Interesting. Yeah, the, I, what I heard was the music is good and the actors are good and everything else is bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you could also just like ugh, the music was just was just distracting. Actually, it. Oh, interesting. It, so they they didn't do that yeah. well. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, like the music was fun, but the 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 songs like like the the, the use of the music was almost like. Uh, it was so literal, you know. There, it was mm. like, like, like there were there. Well, at least like, they didn't like, do what some... Twilight did, which was uh, take a song and then decide to use it in a scene where they were trying to set the opposite mood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, and it was it, yeah, it was weird because like like the the, the movie was kind of stylized in a lot of ways because they had mm-hmm. all these like fun graphics that were going on. It cool. kind of felt it reminded me a little bit of. Um, of Scott Pilgrim, which I was like super oh, nice. there for. Yeah. So I just kind of wish that they like made a harder choice. You know, it was like, yeah. mm-hmm. it felt like, a, I mean, we all know it was a lot, it was like a lot of studio influence. It was a lot of mm-hmm. different creative influences. So, but they did, yeah. they did cast Will Smith as Deadshot, which is awesome. Yeah. I thought Will Smith did a yeah. decent job. I just wish that he could have been a bad guy and not, wasn't this like, you know, <laughs> assassin with a heart of gold right like, exactly he, well uh i guess okay yeah you're right deadshot is not an assassin with a heart of gold um but sometimes i feel like that's what suicide squad becomes right it's like they found yeah, their sure, heart of but gold. it was like but it's also like you know like like he he, he he was like like he's like i don't kill women and children i'm like well i mean like i get that <laughs> but but like, this is supposed to you be still suicide murder squad. people. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, if Amanda Waller <laughs> tells you to murder a child, you have to go murder a child. That's what this yeah. is about. That's why you're Task Force X, not the Justice yeah. League. Well, that, that's what pissed me off about the about the whole movie because it, it, it felt like like the like the whole point of the whole like the moral of the story was like all about this you know this team that comes together and they become like a family. <laughs> um, but uh, but like there are these really awkward lines at the end where they're where, where like. Where Harley is like, um, like, oh, you know, like, 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 I'm like, no one messes with my family, or like El Diablo is like, you know, you don't, no one messes with my family, um, but like, 
there's no there's no they were like, at no point said, did they ever become a family like, <laughs> yeah. They're all, yeah they're all just like random people in a room doing oh, stuff man for no reason yeah <sighs> I'm going to stop talking and you should talk about something. And then I'll okay. About I want to jump off of that just really quickly um, and circle back to something that I talked about last episode. So last episode, I was in the middle of watching Penny Dreadful and in the intervening like month, um, I finished watching it. Um, and I was very much it. So the third season is the last season of Penny Dreadful. They do some very final things uh, in it. Um, and I think that the ending was, good i liked it um just in terms of like preserving the mood and aesthetic of the series um i was not necessarily the biggest fan of the wild west stuff not because it was bad but just because it was not gloomy and rainy which is what i come to penny dreadful to see um <laughs> and there was so much sunlight and i was like ah, i'm the vampire now um mm-hmm. and uh but the ending was good they brought in uh, a key character kind of wrapped up their mythology. They stayed true to it. Um, they did some really interesting things, I think, with the main character. Um, I think you can argue that the entire series is pretty misogynistic. Um, and I don't think people ha- ha- can ha- can argue against that assertion uh, very much. But um, it's Welcome still good. To Victorian England. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing like about the series is they bad things happen to their gay characters because they live in Victorian England and bad things happen to their women because they live in Victorian England and they and they deal with those things and I think pretty well um and definitely in an interesting way. Um what uh, I was disappointed in um so, yeah, even though I think they were misogynistic, I wasn't necessarily disappointed in it because I think that they grounded it in, you know, the time, the period. Uh, it is a period piece. Um, and by doing that, I think they make comment. I think they pass judgment on that. Um, but uh, one of the things that I was miffed about was that they operate, the series operates as kind of an anthology of a ser- of parallel storylines. Um, and I wanted them to tie together at the end so that I could have some reason so I could know some reason for why we were seeing these separate stories in um, alongside each other in parallel. And in the end, they don't, they keep them separate, um, which is an interesting choice and definitely one that does not, it's a choice that does not um, seek to, uh, please me, the fan, right? Please me, the viewer. It doesn't tie things up neatly necessarily. Um, it brings things mm-hmm. to an end, to a logical conclusion. Um, and in the end, I I couldn't necessarily really argue that I was like, this is a terrible ending. I was like, no, that was pretty good actually. Um, but I was just <laughs> annoyed that like this character never knew who this character was, even though they'd all slept with the same people. It was. Uh, it was annoying. <laughs> um, but yeah, but otherwise it was pretty good. Um, did you watch anything good lately? Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, the <laughs> thing that I did like, I think I meant, uh, this is probably not a surprise, was Star Trek Beyond. Um, and I wanted to talk about it in our last episode, but 
I ran out of time, um, and we <laughs> don't have much time for this episode, so I'm just going to be really, really brief. It was great. Go see it. Um, <laughs> it was such an improvement over Star Trek uh, Into Darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's weird that all this, all the new Star Trek movies like don't have colons, but they feel like they have colons. Right. Um, so it's just like Star Trek Beyond. Uh, yeah, so I think that Justin Lin did a really great job. Uh, uh, what was fun about it, it was interesting to see him, see see his kind of fingerprints on the film versus J.J. Abrams, mm. is that I actually think that he actually has a much better sense of pacing than Abrams. Interesting. Because uh, he, at least, at least in this film, um, it felt like we were taking a little bit more time with to, for characters to have beats and to have moments. Nice. Um, nice. which was nice. Um, whereas in the two prior Abrams films, I mean, yeah, he was also kind of like doing a lot of world building and, and kind of like unraveling, you know, like this this kind of a new vision of Star Trek. So it just felt like everything with the, with the Abrams films um, uh, and also even with like Star Trek um, uh, episode seven, like everything is just, is just, it's like happening so quickly that it feels like we're touching the surface of a lot of, things that could go, that could go deeper. So it, it was it was uh I, this film at least felt like it was nice that we were going a little bit deeper. Um I love nice. that it was very it felt like an episode of Star Trek with, with a lot of, you know, um uh, uh production value. Um but it was like very self-contained. It didn't feel like we were like building 18 different, you know, <laughs> like yes, like, 18, like we weren't films laying the groundwork for the Star Trek crossover whatever yeah, exactly. And also, it was just fun that there were, like, original characters and original stories and original ideas. It wasn't a rehashing. Awesome. Like, con. There was yeah, a that lot was... of, like, fan mm-hmm. service and stuff like that. And so, like, it felt like it, it felt new, which is, which is what was so great. Like, Into Darkness, in, uh, in some ways, like, the, like the, the first movie, just felt, I mean, like, like, they felt like new versions of old ideas and this right. one was the first star trek film that was in, in a while that felt like completely new and original which is actually awesome. what i think star trek is like should be you know yes it should agreed be pressing the the, the the boundaries of you know storytelling mm-hmm. which i think which i think has been awesome there there are there are a whole bunch of like <laughs> there are a bunch of problems with the film like um that i won't go into but there's a lot of like big plot holes i'm like oh that's interesting <laughs> um <laughs> that's definitely be... in the spirit of star trek <laughs> yep uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep um but uh i was mainly there for um uh for john cho and queer sulu which Woo-hoo. i was really excited about um uh it was it was really interesting uh there's like a side story about how um you know, they were shooting um all the scenes in yorktown which is the space station that is under attack in the film um Yorktown was filmed in, in Dubai and because they were in Dubai and they decided to make Sulu queer and uh, John Cho requested a um, Asian husband, which I was super behind mm-hmm. um, for a lot of different reasons. Hashtag sticky rice. Um, <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, just look it up. Um, <laughs> but what was interesting was that like they originally cast this, you know, Asian actor um, to play Sulu's husband, but because that it was like, it was not like, you know, a prominent role was just kind of like a cameo or a featured extra. Mm -hmm. Um, The extra, uh, he lives in Dubai and um, ended up uh, like not deciding not to play that role because of Dubai law. It's like 
do by law. It's like it's it's illegal, and you know he was afraid for his safety or or his ability to work in Dubai. So that kind of was sad. Um, so they actually um, the person who played it was actually the um, one of the co-screenwriters of the film, um, Doug Jung, um, nice. and uh, yeah. There was a. It was interesting because you know the scene between Sulu and his husband is like it's very ante- antiseptic. You know, like we see the daughter, which is a cute. Mm-hmm. But, like they hug, and that's like about it. That's like that's the closest thing that we get of like actual queerness, which is like mm-hmm. fine. You know, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind I of, mean, yeah. I think that uh, one of the interesting things about this movie is that. In many ways, the new Star Trek is, like you said, a rehashing of the old stories and a reaction to the changes in society that we have gone through since we told those old stories. Um, and I feel like this iteration of um, of Sulu is a reaction to George Takei and the social icon that he has become. And mm-hmm. just as he played Sulu originally, originally Sulu is played by... George Takei, like he he takes cues from the actor who played him originally, and um, and I think that we see that legacy here. And George Takei has never, I mean, he's he is in and of himself a cute. He's like everyone's favorite gay uncle, right? Like, yeah, exactly. He's not. And so yeah, he's no Adam Lambert. I guess, yeah, <laughs> that is true. Um, I I guess I guess my point of of it is like. It, it was great. It was it was it was done in a really tasteful way. Probably a little little too tasteful for my taste. I was I would have appreciated <laughs> a little, you know, a little mm-hmm, more. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and what 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 kind of kills me a little bit is that you know in an interview um, during press, uh, uh, John Cho actually revealed that you know there, that uh, there was they actually filmed a scene like you know they filmed several versions of that you mm. know uh, that of that scene and there was a scene yeah. um, they actually filmed them kissing you know like, like a welcome oh. home kiss. Oh, they didn't kiss. Um, they didn't kiss. They just oh, in the movie no, they hugged. No, not on board anymore. And yeah, and uh, they filmed a kiss. And uh, Evan Lee John, like, the interview that I read, um, John was like really proud of like you know like we yeah. were two straight actors and we had to like Doug isn't an actor and so we had to come to this place where we felt really kind of like natural and like we were to have a rapport mm-hmm. and have chemistry. Mm-hmm. We were and, and he felt, I felt like we, we we got that and they didn't use it and I was like oh. I want to see that. Like, yeah, totally. Scene. Come on. <laughs> That's what I, I, I'm hoping in the Blu-ray version. Yeah. It would um, be really funny if it were so bad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> AKA you cast two straight people. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So did anyone was else, was anything else good? Oh, a lot of things are great. I mean, I won't go into a lot of detail, but, uh, uh, I actually really liked, um, uh, Uhura's uh, presentation or characterization nice. in the film, I felt like she got a lot more to do rather than just like looking desperately at mm-hmm. um, screens and stuff. Um, she kind of, um, <laughs> uh, it's really interesting because like, you know, um, in the in the original series, she's basically like a glorified like secretary and she's like just taking, right, exactly. taking calls. Um, but, you know, in this new version, it, it, it's great that she... I mean, like she is in charge of all communications. It's, it's, it's not that the, the, it's not just that she's a communications officer and she has to know many different languages. It's like she has like her ability to kind of like listen through static and find patterns. Um, really becomes like oh, a interesting huge part of um of her of her kind of like 
of her of her skill set. You know, she's able yeah. to like look through this garbled mess of images and 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 extrapolate a pattern. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think like that's like oh that's cool. And then I'm like oh that totally makes sense. Like why mm-hmm. she and Spock are like a thing because like that's a very similar sensibility. Yeah. Um, with like his Vulcanness, um, and I also loved. Um, uh, I actually and I actually thought that uh, the fact that Sulu, the fact that Sulu has a husband and has kids and the fact that they were on Yorktown, um, it just made it just it just rooted um, his. I mean, all kind of all the characters, but it, it, it rooted uh, the threat against Yorktown in this much more emotional space, which I really liked. Nice. Um, so yeah, go see Star Trek Beyond. It was great. That's awesome. Um, I also watched a movie that I thought was. I really liked, and I want to quickly shout it out. Um, it's called Fourth Man Out. I saw it on Netflix this weekend, um, and it it came out last year, 2015, um, and it's a film starring uh, a number of people, um, including Cord Overstreet and Parker Young. So Sam from Glee Hunka and uh huh, and Parker Young, who I know very well because he was the beefcake on Suburgatory, and then he was one of the beefcake on some army show that i didn't actually watch but saw a lot of production stills from and uh then he was just on this latest season of arrow as speedy's love interest um and they uh they play two of the three best friends um to adam played by evan todd um who's this kind of uh 24 year old guy stuck in a small town i'm assuming it's like upstate new york i don't know it was giving me very much virginia pennsylvania vibes um so it's definitely like new england um and like i said he's a mechanic he hasn't come out to anyone he's 24 years old um it's interesting the guy i was talking to the guy who recommended the movie to me and i was like yeah he didn't even come out till he was 25 that's crazy and the guy i was talking to was like or I said, he didn't come out until he was 24. And the guy I was talking to said, I didn't come out until I was 25. And I was like, oh, maybe this is why it resonated so much more with you. Um, but I love it. Uh, Kate Flannery plays his mom. Um, it is, it's interesting. Uh, so I guess just as a lead, as a rundown of kind of what it is, um, Evan Todd plays Adam, like I said, a 24-year-old mechanic in a small town. Um, and the the movie opens with the night that he comes out to his friends. Um, and we get a lot of kind of taking the temperature of his life um, at the beginning, kind of the homophobia, the ho- kind of like homophobic milieu that he exists within um, and how that kind of, you know, is has been stifling him and keeping his voice down and, and how he's just now breaking out. Um, and once he does, uh, there's some freak out and people are being gross, but they get their act together really quickly. Um, and it, it's what I love about fourth man out is that like a lot of the criticism has been going in and being like, why do we need this movie? We have broad city. We have Steven universe. We have Caitlyn Jenner. What is this movie even doing? It's not doing anything new. Um, and I feel like what it's doing is doing the coming out movie. Well, um, mm-hmm. yeah. it's, it's focusing on not big city gays, not the progressive, you know, not the edge of society, not where we're moving. It's focusing on, you know, kind of what is left in our wake. Um, and it's doing it in a funny and, um, kind of emotionally smart way. Um, I laughed so much at this movie. Um, and the friendship of the four guys is great. Um, it's, 
it's it's the coming out movie that you watch with your straight guy friends. <laughs> Which I if, like if I don't had those. <laughs> right. Like I don't think that existed before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's it, it, yeah. I was gonna say it, 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 it's kind of it kind of reminds me of, of that of that Catherine Heigl lesbian movie, um, Jenny's Wedding, where you know it, it's it was also like one of those films that was just like made like five or six years too late, because mm-hmm. um, it's you know it it's a perfectly fine film, um, despite the fact that Catherine Heigl and Alexis Bledel make the most <laughs> convincing lesbians in the world. But that being said, you know it's like it's it's like doing the coming out family movie like right you know in, yeah. in a totally like mm-hmm. not like problematic way and mm-hmm. like the parents like, yes. get, like 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 they struggle but they also like 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 they struggle in a way that's like not homophobic they, they, just, mm-hmm. they, they just struggle in a way that's like you know like like having your having a whole new realization about your child and mm-hmm. so it's it's yeah my heart breaks for those movies because like, you know like if they're <laughs> And, and what sucks is, is that like the reason why the the reason why these movies are being made now is because they couldn't have been made exactly five, years, five or six years because exactly. the money wasn't there, um, and the stars weren't you know. And so like it's kind of this catch twenty two, you know, where, like because I know that these scripts were written. I, I don't know, but I imagine these, these right. scripts have been sitting around, yes. have been shopped around for many years. Yes, um, it's only now that they're getting actually made, and now there's it's, now it's kind of like you know after the fact, which is right. Bad. And and so that's why I think, like, from the perspective of, like, it made sense to me that I saw this movie on Netflix, right? I saw this movie when I was already sitting on my couch and looking for something to do. And my friend said, you should watch this movie. It's really funny. And Parker Young and Cord Street are in it. And they wear muscle shirts. And I was like, great, let's watch it. Um, yeah. And isn't it great that, that there are actually, like, gay movies now that aren't terrible? Like, yes, I... Yes. That's I, the like, thing. The yeah. best actors in this movie are the four dudes. And yeah. and they're usually, like, they're all very attractive. And usually when you watch a gay movie with attractive guys, they're terrible. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, like, like, I mean, I, you know, hand to God, like, I am, like, I will always be, I will be always be there for... A C list, you know, <laughs> oh, you know of quote unquote gay movie. Yes. Where it's just like, yes. you know, it's it's like there's a plot and then there's always that prerequisite softcore porn sex scene. Right. Where everyone's like, you know, they're, they're really, like they kind of like they, they kind of you know, the camera kind of like gl- you know, glides over naked flesh in this, mm-hmm. in this like slightly slow slower than it needs to be way. And so like, you know, I will always be there for like eating out or like, you know, uh, what was that Mormon movie? I can't remember now. I will always like, like Latter Days. Like my entire high school, like yeah, Latter Days. Exactly. Oh my god, Latter Days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> like, the, like my my first job was at a blockbuster because <laughs> specifically because yes. I wanted to be able to rent those bad gay movies without my parents knowing. I love it. And so I will always be there for those films, but at the same time, they are painful to watch. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And so it's nice that we got we actually have like you know good gay movies that nobody mm-hmm. watches so exactly good, well you know yeah. progress <laughs> yeah exactly and i do think it's this movie i think is interesting in so much as it in terms of uh what sexuality we see from the two characters or so there's two main characters parker young plays the the straight best friend and um evan todd plays the gay one and we definitely see more straight sex uh type scenes than we do um gay um but i think that's just a natural product of the place that the characters are in their lives. Um, Mm. 
Um, and it's also interesting because all of the straight, I, I say straight sex scenes, they're, to, it's definitely not, I, I was reminded of it by your comment about saying like there's the obligatory like soft core scene. It's definitely not soft core. It's definitely there for plot reasons. Um, mm-hmm. And all those plot reasons revolve around the gay storyline. So they're very much, it wasn't grading at all to be like, no, we're not getting treated fairly in this movie about us. It was like, <laughs> it was like, that's right, Parker Young, have bad feelings and not be able to get a boner because you treated your gay friend poorly. That's how it <laughs> should be. Um, and uh, yeah, it was really funny. It was good. And um, Cordover Street's character was hilarious in so much as he was kind of his glee character. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But slightly different. And he grew facial hair. And that was interesting. Oh, wow. I, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Um, especially if you his, like beards. His, his fish lips. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. By the end, he, you get to see him again. It's okay. Don't. Okay. Fans of the fish lips, they're there. Don't worry about it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cool. Yep. Well, that that's the show, everyone. <laughs> yep. What a great note to go on, go out on. I think um, so. So uh, that this has been queer and present uh, danger. Um, you can reach us on Twitter um, at QPD Pod, um, and you can or uh, you can reach out to us individually um, at Kun Sanguin K H U. K-U-H-N-S-A-N-G-U-I-N-E. That's Anthony's hashtag. Yes. Handle. Oh, my God. I'm all over the place. My handle is at Queriously, Q-U-W-E-R-I-O-U-S-L-Y. You can email us at QueerPresentDanger at gmail.com. And please email us. No one ever does. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be awesome. You can also leave us a rating. If you have any Pokemon spoilers, please send it to QueerPresentDanger at gmail.com. Um, and so yeah, leave us a rating on iTunes. It's a great way to help other people find our uh, find our, our podcast. Uh, and uh, if you want to read what we write, we blog at scarletbetch dot com or geeksout dot org. And Jason has another podcast, Play by Play. That's Play X Play, the podcast featuring the best plays that you've never heard of and the people who make them. You can sign up for updates at playxplay.org. I'm Jason, and I'm Anthony. And you were in queer and present danger. Thank you.